0: morning, And I, I probably should have mentioned our stage usually does not look like this, all right? It kind of looks like a dressing room's going on, and, and, uh, and we had some... Uh, uh snow that's supposed to be snow I know it's too warm for snow in here but that's supposed to be snow and uh, we are having our uh, children's Christmas program tonight it's uh, six o'clock and so that is why everything looks a little bit different than what we normally would have up here and uh, and we are looking forward to, to it they have been working hard on it and uh, and so if you're able to be back tonight at six o'clock you want to be sure to be here and uh, bring a friend they were going over it yesterday and uh, they sound phenomenal they are really good and so so we're looking forward uh, to a good Christmas Christmas program tonight and uh, a lot of people have been put a lot of effort into it if you have your Bibles go ahead and open up to Matthew chapter number one, Matthew chapter number one and uh, and you're looking at me and you're saying you still got that beard and uh, and I said, yeah is, you know my wife uh she she said she said something to me after a no shave november uh she said you know you know that's over you can shave now and and i said well i said i would but it's kind of growing on me to be honest with you and uh and so uh people asked me well how long are you going to keep it and i i don't know um my my nephew is coming to visit here in The beginning of January and he told me a long time ago he said he said I've never seen you in a beard and I said that's because I've never had a beard and uh, uh, so I I'm kind of waiting really till he sees me in it and then we'll see uh, if I keep it or, or let it go so we'll see but to Matthew chapter number one and uh, I was looking at our Sunday school lesson, really thinking about what we're going over. And, and we've been going over Joseph uh, in, in the Old Testament. And uh, and Lord really put on my heart, Joseph in the New Testament. So we'll kind of continue our lesson, but not really. Uh, we'll look at a totally different person with the same name. And Joseph was a, a very common name. And uh, really, you don't hear a lot about Joseph. Matter of fact, there's not even a lot of details given in the Word of God about Joseph. Uh, there's just very little to uh, to contemplate and to see. And yet, the little bit that we're given, uh, you can draw some very uh, true conclusions about his life. And there's a lot of lessons that can be learned from the life of life of Joseph. So this morning in Matthew. Matthew chapter number 1 and verse number 18, we're going to look at the life of Joseph and uh, we're going to draw some uh, conclusions about Joseph's life from the scripture. The Bible says in Matthew chapter number 1 and verse number 18, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Let's stop right there and let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your many blessings. Father, God, I pray that you would use me. I pray, Father, that you would speak through me. God, I pray that you would touch each and every heart as only you can. Father, we'll be careful to give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at the life of Joseph, this is probably the most prominent passage as far as Joseph being mentioned and Joseph as one of the uh, characters in this passage. And, uh, and as we look down through here, uh, just, just pause for a moment and think about Joseph's life and put yourself in his shoes for a little bit and think, man, what an incredible situation that he was put into in all reality uh, Mary as well. Yes, a lot of people look at Mary, and certainly she was put in an incredible situation as well. But uh, as we look at Joseph, I want us to notice a few things about his life that we can see very clearly in Scripture. Number one, I want you to notice in verse number eighteen, uh, the Bible says here: Now, when the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man. The Bible says that he was a just man. And so the first thing that we notice is that Joseph was a correct man. We're going to make them all start with C. So, uh, so just, he was a correct man. Uh, What does that mean? Well, he was a very proper man. He was a a good man. Uh, The Bible tells us that outright in verse number 19, that he was a just man. And just would mean uh, somebody who is right or somebody who is correct or somebody who does things properly. And I want you to notice even about a few things about the life of Joseph and the fact that he was a correct man. I want you to notice in verse number 18 that he was a promised man. Uh, the Bible says that he was Mary was espoused to Joseph. Boy, there's a. Uh, it seems like in 2021 and even 2020s uh, that there is just a lack of commitment in this day and age. Uh, Joseph was a committed man. He was a, a promised man. Uh, he was promised to marry. And, uh, and listen, uh, people don't want to commit today to marriage. People don't want to commit to church. People don't want to commit to God. There's just a lack of commitment in general. And Joseph was one of those fellows that, hey, he was, uh, he was serious about his commitment. He had, in, in Bible times, uh, marriage was a little bit different than it is today. In that they would be espoused, that would be like an engagement period, and that was that was as final as marriage except for uh, they were not living together and they had not come together. Uh, and the Bible is very clear about that. That was kind of a normal process in Bible times, that they would be a spouse, they would be promised, they would be engaged, and, uh, and it was as binding as a marriage contract in Bible times. And so we see that, uh, that he was very uh, committed to this promise that he had made. And, uh, and the Bible is very clear about that. Um, matter of fact, I, I started looking at that, and, and boy, what an interesting uh, thing it is. And the, go, you don't have to go there, but uh, the Bible says in Second Corinthians chapter number 11, and verse two, I wish I had written it down, but I did not. Second uh, Corinthians 11:2. Paul is writing to the uh, church in Corinth, and he says this, For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy, for I have espoused you, being those that are saved there at the church in Corinth, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ." In other words, he's teaching on uh, the fact that hey, the church uh, would be would be joined with Christ, and it's an espousal period. Uh, I found that very interesting. Matter of fact, Paul writes about that in Ephesians chapter five. He gives instruction on the husband and wife, the relationship that exists there, and how a, a man is to uh, love his wife, and uh, and and how the wife is to submit to the husband. And he gives all kinds of instructions. But at the end of that portion, he says this, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. And so I found it very interesting uh, that even in Joseph's promised period with Mary, that he was promised to her and espoused to her, that there is a, uh, uh, an idea there and the inflection, hey, that the church is espoused to Jesus Christ. And uh, what an interesting concept, as you can kind of see all of that. And, uh, and, and it's so different. Uh, it's not really that far different because we are familiar with uh, uh, an engagement and fiancé and, and things of that nature. So, I mean, that kind of goes hand in hand. But in Bible times, it was a little more binding. Uh, and so we find that uh, that was very interesting and that Joseph was a correct man and that he was espoused. Uh, he was promised uh, to his wife, and, uh, and he was committed to that. And so it's interesting to look at that. Not only was, was Joseph a correct man in that he was promised, but I want you to notice that he was a pure man. Look with me in verse number 18 of Matthew chapter 1. The Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph before they came together. Joseph was a pure man. Um, And man, how we need purity in the world today. That's applicable for everybody. Uh, The world is such a corrupt place and such a corrupt society. And uh, boy, how we need the purity uh, of the word of God in, in people's lives today and people living a pure life. And Joseph, not a perfect man. I'm not saying he was a perfect man, but he was a pure man. And he was promised to Mary and he kept his life pure. And the Bible is very clear. Matter of fact, it mentions it several times in these passages. It makes it very clear uh, that that, uh, Mary and Joseph had not had relations uh, and they had not been together uh, in that regard, in an intimate fashion. And so we find that Joseph was a pure man. Um, the Bible says in 1 Peter one twenty two, Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. It mentions pure twice in those verses. And the first part, it talks about a pure soul, a purified soul. Listen, the only way to purify your soul is by trusting Jesus Christ as your only personal Savior. That's the only way. Nothing else will purify that soul of yours. And, uh, and so asking Jesus Christ to be your Savior is the uh, obedience uh, through the truth of the Spirit. It's what God has taught us in his word and shows us very clearly that every person needs to be born again and saved. And that's only done through Jesus Christ. But then after we're saved and our soul is purified, hey, he goes on and he says, a purified heart. Boy, that's something that needs worked at. Uh, the uh, the book of Proverbs talks a lot about the heart, and and uh, I've preached a message a long time ago to young people in Proverbs chapter four, the latter part of that in Proverbs four twenty three it says, "Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it." are the issues of life. The verses preceding that tell that there's two doors to get into your heart. Uh, There's the eye gate, and everything that you see goes in and will affect your heart. There's the ear gate, and those things that you hear and listen to will go in and will affect your heart. And in the the verses after, keep thy heart with all diligence, he says, hey, listen, you need to keep your eyes focused on the word of God. Why? Because that's going to keep our heart pure. That's going to help wash out all the garbage that gets in there. Uh, listen, you can't hardly walk out the doors of this church and drive down the road without being influenced with your eyes and things that are seen, that things that would corrupt our minds and corrupt our hearts, uh, because it's everywhere in society. You can't I, I'm amazed. You can't hardly walk through a store uh, without hearing stuff that would corrupt your mind and corrupt your heart. And I'm just saying, hey, he put a big emphasis on maintaining our view on the Word of God and listening to things that would be, uh, that would be helpful and edifying to our life. It seems like today uh, our, our society is far more corrupt uh, just in vulgarity. I'm amazed. It, it used to be a taboo thing to put vulgarity out there. I mean, you, rare would you see a shirt with vulgarity on it? Now people are putting it on their cars. They're naming the restaurants vulgarity. They're, uh, they're wearing it in their clothes, and, uh, and the TV is loosened up, and, and even more vulgarity comes through that, and it's on the radio, and it's everywhere. You can't hardly walk through the store, and you hear somebody else on the telephone with a conversation with somebody that's not even in the store and cursing up a storm, and you're thinking to yourself, man, do I live? is this the world that we live in? And really it is. We live in a vulgar society. But he's saying, hey, keep your hearts pure. Joseph was a pure man. Can I tell you this? I'm sure Joseph faced all the same temptations that exist today. Maybe not as much, maybe not as often, but I promise you that the temptations are not new. They were there in Joseph's day. They're here in our day. They'll be in tomorrow's day. They exist out there. And we have to work on keeping our hearts pure. Our soul is purified at salvation. But listen, we we need to keep our life uh, and maintain a pure life. And Joseph was a correct man. The Bible says he was just. Not only that, but he was a, uh, not only was he a pure man, and not only was he a promised man, but he was also a proper man. Look with me in verse number 19, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, look at what he says, not willing to make her a public example. What does that mean? Well, if you go back with me, save your spot here in Matthew, but if you go back with me to Deuteronomy chapter number 24, this is where I was explaining that uh, the espousal was a little more binding than it is today, though and it was almost a commitment. In, it was a commitment marriage. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 24 and verse number 1. Deuteronomy 24.1 says this. Again, save your spot there in Matthew as we'll be back there. When a man hath taken a wife and married her, and it come to pass that she find no favor in his eyes because he hath found some uncleanness in her, let him write her a bill of divorcement and give it in her hand and send her out of his house. And so I'm sure that Joseph, being very familiar with the scripture, was thinking this is this is what I have to do. And he was thinking, now you read go back in Matthew, in our text that we read, he said he was not willing to make her a public example. In other words, he wasn't trying to shame her. He wasn't trying to bring her before the law and destroy her name. He just was thinking to himself, hey, I need out. And, uh, and he wanted out, but in the, the best way possible, he said, I, I don't know what is going on here. But then I also want you to notice in the, in the fact that he was a proper man, he had a concern for God's wisdom. He wasn't making a rash decision. Um, I mean, could you imagine, just put yourself in Joseph's shoes for a minute, and, and your promised spouse comes to you and says, I'm with child. Now, you know... It wasn't you; they had not come together. What are you supposed to think? I mean, humanly. I mean, this is not like God does this every uh, every year. It's not a common thing. It is a very extreme circumstance. And here's Joseph. I mean, probably most guys would have been. I'm out. I'm done. Whoop, I'm gone. Walked away, uh, and there's no discussion, there's no reason to talk about it, because Joseph knew in his heart it was not him, and he knew that things were not right. And, and, and we don't know, maybe he did walk away, but he was contemplating and he was thinking about these things, and, uh, and he, wasn't, uh, he wasn't looking just to destroy Mary. And, uh, and so he was a correct man. Not only that, but we kind of lead into this with this idea that he was a compassionate man. The fact that he was not willing to make her a public example. He did care about Mary. Uh, I, I, we mentioned the fact that this was a, a serious issue. Just imagine being in, in Joseph's shoes. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 7, 9, Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools so I don't think Joseph was a, a fool. Matter of fact, we find that he was quite a wise man to sit down and to think about it and say, hey, how should I handle this? And and we see how it all played out that he was not a fool and he did handle things well. But you could imagine just being in his shoes, hey, that this was a a real problem. But what yet we can see he was a compassionate man and that he actually cared about Mary. He had a genuine love for Mary, that's why he wasn't willing to put her away as a, uh, as a, a public example. He wasn't trying to destroy her or, or cause a big scene. He just was saying, hey, this is not right, and, and I know it's not right. But you look at how it turned out, and you see that, yes, Joseph, we're speaking humanistically for a moment. Joseph did stay with Mary, and we find that Joseph genuinely cared about Mary. What a, what a lesson in love. What lesson in, uh, in, in genuine compassion. And, uh, and we find that Joseph was very fitting that he was a correct man, that he was a pa- compassionate man. And um, you think about that, we'll cover that. That kind of duplicates over into some of these other ideas and thoughts. But not only was Joseph a correct man, not only was he a compassionate man, but uh, you think about this as well, he was a considerate man. The Bible says in Matthew 1.20, but while he thought on these things, again, this is not something that had ever happened in the past. And Joseph looking at that saying, man, what is, what is going on? And, and, uh, and could, could you just imagine? There's really no way to put yourself in, in his shoes because uh, this is a unique uh, circumstance that happened one time in history and uh, would not did not happen in the past, would not, will not be replicated in the future. It was a one-time event that God did something special. And we find that Joseph was a very considerate man to sit down and to think about these things and not to act rashly, but rather say, hey, what are, what what is going on? What is the circumstances? And how can, we, uh, how can we cover all of this? And we find that while he was thinking on these things, the Bible says that the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. Hey, listen, I don't know if maybe Joseph was asking for wisdom. The Bible does say, if any man ask, lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men freely. And so maybe Joseph was sitting there saying, God, I don't know what to do. And God said, well, I know what to do. Let me, let, me, let me enlighten you. Let me help you. And, uh, and let me give you some insight on this situation. And God does that. He sends his angel. And we find that as Joseph was thinking about all of these things, that, uh, that God enlightened him and helped him to understand all that was going on in that situation. We covered this verse on Wednesday nights. We're going through the book of Proverbs, and we covered this verse, Proverbs twenty nine twenty. 20. Seest thou a man that is hasty in his words? There is more hope of a fool than of him. We see that Joseph... He was a considerate man. He did stop. He did sit down. He did think about this. He said, hey, what, what are we going to do and, and how shall we uh, go about this situation? And, 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 and certainly God intervened and God gave him, uh, gave him reason to understand, hey, that this thing that took place with Mary was of God. It was, not a, uh, it was not Mary running off to the side. It was not uh, some sinful situation. It was not anything like that. And again, you could see where Joseph would be very upset and, and very distraught by what had taken place. But God calms him by, by sending an angel and saying, hey, this is exactly what is taking place. The, the, this is of God. And this is, a matter of fact, he says that right there in the end of verse number 20. Let's read verse 20. He says, but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And so we see that, uh, that, that God revealed that to him. And told him very clearly. But Joseph was a considerate man. Joseph was a correct man. Joseph was a compassionate man. But I want you to see this as well. That Joseph was a committed man. Committed man. Look with me at verse number 21. And she shall bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Save your spot here in Matthew chapter 1. Go with me to Luke chapter number 2. And we're going to bounce back and forth here between Matthew 1 and Luke chapter 2. So you might want to put a marker there in Luke chapter 2 as well. As we look at this idea of Joseph being a committed man. He was committed in many ways. He had a strong commitment to obeying God in his life. And we're going to see that. The very first part that we see that in is that God commanded him in verse number 21 uh, to call Jesus' name uh, Jesus. And that was very important. And uh, and Joseph certainly did that. The Bible says in Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 21... And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Listen, Joseph was committed to obeying what God had told him to do. Now you think, well, big deal. He called his name Jesus. Listen, in Bible times, the name of the child was important. You go back and you look at the story of Zacharias and Elizabeth. Uh, that was Mary's uh, aunt and uncle. And they had not had a child. And, and, and God said, listen, you're going to have a child and, and you're going to call his name John. And Zacharias was, uh, the, the Bible says that he, he became mute when God gave him that vision. And he was no longer able to talk all the way up until the day that the child was born. And if you go back and read it, uh, you'll find out that, uh, that uh, Elizabeth said, hey, we're going to name the child John. And all the family, John? Who's, there's no Johns in our family. Why would you name him John? They got upset and they were hassling him and saying, "No, you can't name this child John. Uh, Zacharias is a fine name. You need to name him Zacharias too, or uh, you know something of that nature." And 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 they were uh, they were going back and forth. And finally, Zacharias, uh, Zacharias, whose mouth had been closed by God, has said, hey, "Bring me a, a tablet." And uh, and he writes out, "His name shall be called John." The Bible says that his mouth was opened at that point and God loosed his tongue and allowed him to speak. And, uh, and all of his family was amazed. John, there's no Johns in the family. But if that's what they want to call him, that's what they're going to call him. And actually, it was God that had said, hey, his name is going to be John. And they were were obeying God. And we find here that Joseph and Mary as well were obeying God because God had told them, hey, his name is going to be Jesus, and uh, that's what you're to call him. And and so uh, Joseph was obedient to God in choosing the name of Jesus for, for their baby. And we find that it's incredible because he was, uh, he was committed to God in picking a name. I want you to notice as well in Luke chapter number 2 as we're there, he was not only committed to God in picking a name, but he was also committed to God in prioritizing God's word in his life. Look with me in Luke chapter 2, verse number 22. And when the days of her pur- purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished they, that would be Joseph and Mary brought him, that would be Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And we find that uh, Joseph was very aware of the law of God. Now you have to remember, he didn't have the New Testament. Obviously, the Gospels had not been written. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, uh, all, the, all the, the consecutive books after that had not been written yet, but he did have the law of the Old Testament. And Joseph did know the law of the Old Testament. He said, hey, I know what my responsibilities as a parent are to take my first child to the temple and to present them to God as a holy child uh, to God. And, and so they waited and they went through all the laws. Why? Because Joseph was dedicated to God. And he, was, he stood up and he led his family and said, hey, we are going to do what God wants us to do with our child, and we're going to obey the Word of God, and we're going to follow closely what God has given us written down in His Word. And Joseph was obeying the Word of God. Boy, how we need people that would govern their lives with the Word of God in 2021. Joseph was committed He was committed to not only Mary, he was committed to obeying God. He obeyed God in picking a name for Jesus. He obeyed God in prioritizing God's word in their family and saying, hey, we are going to take our child to the temple. We're going to dedicate him. We're going to do all of the things that the law of God requires of us. And Joseph was a committed man. Not only that, but we're there in Luke chapter 2. Look with me in verse number 23. Uh, Luke chapter 3 and verse 23, just over a page. And the Bible says in Luke three twenty three, and Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age, look at this, being, parentheses, as was supposed, close parentheses, the son of Joseph, which was the son of of Heli, and he goes on into the uh, entire lineage and genealogy of, of Joseph. And what I want us to draw from this, and what I want us to understand from this, and we'll see it in other portions as well, but I want you to notice that Joseph was committed not only to picking a name, not only to prioritizing the Word of God, but he was committed to providing a fatherly figure for Jesus. The Bible says there in verse 23 uh, being the father, as was supposed of Jesus. What does that mean? That means that Joseph was a fatherly figure to Jesus for all the years. You, you go on in chapter 4 and verse 22, you can flip over one page. You can see the same idea. The Bible says in, in chapter, Luke chapter 4 and verse 22, and all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious word which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? Joseph provided a fatherly figure for Jesus, and all the people knew it. They all knew Jesus as Joseph's son, uh, even though he was not the father of of Jesus, but he certainly provided a fatherly figure in raising Jesus up, and all the town didn't even really know any different. By the way, what what would he have said? I mean, think about it. You're not the father of Jesus, but you're going, to, how, you're going to go tell somebody, well, you know, that was of God. Oh, sure. Yeah. OK. Whatever. That's a cover story. That's the wildest spin we've ever saw on the news. They're not going to believe that. So Joseph just took it and said, you know what? I'm going to provide a fatherly figure for Jesus. And he did, and he raised him. And you see many times in Scripture, not just here, but several times, where, where they said, hey, is this not Joseph's son? Is this not the carpenter's son? Uh, and, and Joseph provided a good fatherly figure uh, for Jesus. And the Bible says in Ephesians 6, 4, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And how important the fatherly figure is in the home. So many homes are are, are broken the, the really the devil has destroyed many homes in America and, and I know there's blended homes and I know there's different homes I'm just saying this that God originally set it up that a man and a woman would have children and that they would provide what would be needed for those children both a motherly figure and a fatherly figure and listen if you have a blended home, do the very best you can to provide for those children the motherly figure or the fatherly figure because those children need that in the home. And, and I'm just saying that Jesus or Joseph was committed to providing a fatherly figure for Jesus throughout his entire life. And so we find that, uh, that Joseph was a, uh, he was a correct man. He was a considerate man. I'm not going to get them all. He was a compassionate man. He was a considerate man. And he was a committed man. And then, fifthly, he was a constant man. I love this. Go with me to Matthew chapter number two. We'll flip back to Matthew, save your spot there in Luke as we might, we will be back there. So go back to Matthew chapter number two. And I want you to see this. I love this. Matthew chapter number two and verse number 13. And when they were departed, this is um, Matthew two thirteen, and being warned, uh, verse thirteen. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, "Arise, take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child." to destroy him. We find in in Matthew chapter number 2, the wise men had come to visit and uh, Herod said, "Hey, when you find the child, let me know because I want to worship him too." Now Herod was a liar. Herod wanted to kill Jesus. He didn't want, did not want another king in his kingdom, and so uh, the the wise men had been warned. Hey, go out a different way. Don't go back and tell Herod. And we find in verse number thirteen that Joseph and Mary had been warned as well by God uh, to go into Egypt. And, uh, and I want you to notice this, that Joseph's faithfulness and Joseph's commitment to God uh, made him a constant man. In that he was saying, hey, I am going to follow God in my life at all costs. You didn't realize that Joseph and Mary had ended up where they were. Uh, they, they were not at home. They had traveled. They were paying their taxes in, in Bethlehem. And, uh, and I don't know if they stayed there. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us if they traveled back to, to Nazareth. But I, we tend to think he was certainly within uh, Herod's reign. And so uh, he was there. And now God is saying, hey, I want you to take your uh, newborn child. We don't know how old he was. Maybe he was up to some say up to two years old. Uh, but, but nonetheless, I want you to take your new child. And I want you to take your wife, Mary. And I want you to go to Egypt. Now, think about this for a minute. Joseph and Mary did not know anybody in Egypt. Egypt was a long way. We're not talking about hopping on an airplane and just flying down to Egypt. We're not talking about getting a bus ticket and getting on a bus and drive. We're talking about walking the entire way from, uh, from where they were, either Bethlehem or Nazareth, and going all the way down to Egypt. And I looked it up. Uh, I didn't get the distance, but I looked enough to know to say, hey, that was a long ways for them to travel. They didn't know anybody. It was certainly not in, uh, if I can say it the way, this way, it certainly was not in the family's best interest to travel to Egypt, at least humanistically. It certainly was not uh, the, the uh, financially sound decision to travel down to Egypt, if I could say it that way, humanistically. Why? Why? it would cost money. Where are they going to live? They didn't even have a house there. They didn't have any relatives. They didn't have any friends there. They didn't know anybody in Egypt. And so therefore they're going to have to go down there. They're going to have to find a place to live. And you're talking about expense and you're talking about hardship as far as going there. But nonetheless, Joseph was committed to obeying God in his life and said, hey, I am going to go to Egypt and I'm going to follow God with my life. Look with me down at verse number 19. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth... Appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. I don't know how long they were down in Egypt. I don't know how long Joseph was away from his hometown. I don't know how long Joseph had been uh, uh, traveling the way they, they had been. But I do know this that Joseph was patiently waiting to hear from God and saying, God, what should I do next? When should I leave Egypt? And when God came to Joseph uh, and said, hey, it's time to go back, uh, uh, Joseph was ready. The Egypt in the Bible is often a picture of the world. And listen, it's easy to get distracted in, in, in the world. Joseph could have very easily gotten distracted while living there and could have made good money in Egypt. Egypt's often a picture of wealth and often a picture of many uh, many opportunities. And Joseph certainly could have gotten lost down in Egypt, but he did not. He was patient to hear from God and to listen to God. And when God said, hey, I want you to get up and I want you to go, then we find that Joseph went back to where he was. Go with me to Luke chapter number two, Luke two. And Joseph was constant in that he was faithful. This was not just a thing at the birth of Jesus Christ where uh, Joseph said, Well, man, I got a child. I've got responsibility. I'm going to be faithful to God. No, this was over years that this has taken place that Joseph's faithfulness to God has not diminished and that he was following God and that he was patient to hear from God and that he moved to Egypt on God's, uh, God's command. But I want you to notice this as well in Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 41. Now his parents, that would be Mary and Joseph. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled these days, uh, the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. And Jesus uh, stays behind and, and they don't realize. Maybe they'd traveled up with family. But what I want us to see out of this passage is that for 12 years, Joseph and Mary were faithful to make their trip up to Jerusalem every single year to the temple of God, to offer the sacrifices, to go to the feast of the tabernacle or whatever feast it was, and to fulfill all the religious ceremonies for 12 years. They were faithful, faithful to God. Joseph was faithful. It wasn't just Mary going up. It was Mary and Joseph that both were faithful. This is not a month. This is not one year. This is 12 years of faithfulness to God. And we have no reason to believe that Joseph was any less faithful uh, going on. Many people do believe that Joseph passed away uh, sometime in Jesus' life at at a younger age. We don't know. I mean, obviously, up until 12, he was there, maybe 13, maybe 14, maybe 15. We really don't know, uh, but we do know this, uh, that all we have seen from Joseph is faithful commitment to God for years, up to at least 12 years, that he was faithful to God. He was persistent in going to that temple. And what a, what a lesson, what an example to us that Joseph provides as a constant uh, faithful man serving the Lord and doing what God would have him to do for years, for a great amount of time. And the priority he put on the word of God and following God and obeying God. Joseph was a correct man, the Bible says, being a just man. He was a a compassionate man. He was a considerate man. He was a committed man. And he was certainly a constant man. And that he was faithful to serve the Lord. What a blessing in the life of Joseph. What a really a challenge even to see his faithfulness in following God in his life. And oh, how we would learn to be all of these things that were exhibited in Joseph's life. And oh, how God will help us to do those things in our life. As we stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Father, we thank you just for your goodness to us. God, we thank you for your word and how great of an example, really, Joseph was. As a fatherly figure to Jesus. What a difficult situation to walk into. What a difficult situation to have Others look at him and totally not understand. But yet he said, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to do what's right. No matter what other people may think. No matter what difficult circumstances come my way. And God, I pray that you would help us to exhibit the godly character that Joseph exhibited in his life. God, we need your strength. We need your help. We need your Grace in our lives to be able to do those things. And so, God, I pray that you'd help us. I pray that you'd strengthen us to follow you. And God, I know that we live in a day and age that is crazy. We live in a wicked, sinful world. And God, all of our lives have been touched and afflicted by sin. And God, we can't undo the past but help us to pick up where we're at and to go forward with what we have to follow you to the very best of our ability and God will thank you for that in Jesus precious name we pray amen with our heads bowed and eyes closed we have just a short hymn of invitation what an example that Joseph provides for us godly example.